Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? another episode of MR Running Pains, and uh, I have a very special guest here with me uh, in this podcast, uh, Miss Abby Harris. Abby is a longtime friend. Uh, we've been through the trenches in, in multiple arenas. Um, she has uh, worked with me um, at uh, Footer X, the old running store. Um, we also uh, put on Hellbender together. Uh, so she was uh, one of the instrumental people in, in helping put on Hellbender uh, and making sure that everything went smoothly and the runners had a great time. Um, Abby is, uh, of course, a great friend to me. Um, she's also an athlete that I coach, and I've had the pleasure of uh, of doing a few adventures with um, this year, and we're going to talk about those. And um, 
and how she uh, she reaches for new dis- distances and how she approaches them. Um, so hopefully this is a, a good episode for those of you that are thinking about tackling a new distance and wanting to, uh, to go further. Um, we're also going to touch base on uh, a new time in new trail runners, um, whether it be uh, first timers, um, you know, that may be intimidated by the trail, or um, if you're a woman woman looking for uh, for some tips for for safety and and just being out on the trail, or how to introduce yourself to the trail, um, Abby is a, a great resource for that. So I look forward to our conversation. And with no further ado, I give you Miss Abby Harris. All right, as I uh, as I kind of said in the introduction, um, Abby Harris is here with me. Miss Abby, hello. Ooh, hello, how's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy that we're in December. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're done with almost this, uh, the rest of this year. So <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, so uh, you know, I was I was telling Abby, um, you know, in the introduction, I kind of introduced how we knew each other. But uh, why don't you give us a little background on yourself? Yeah. So uh, hello, I'm Abby, and uh, I've lived in Asheville for about 10, 11 years now, and uh, originally from Durham, North Carolina. Um, so yes, I am familiar with the infamous Umstead State Park over there. Um, and, uh, right now I currently work, um, at White Blaze Marketing. I do a lot of their digital marketing over there. And then I also work over at Anti-Fragile Physical Therapy here in Asheville. Um, I do a lot of their marketing coordinating as well over there. Um, but yeah, I've lived here for a good while now and, uh, with my partner, Joe, he's my, my fiance and, He's a school counselor over at one of the local high schools here. And uh, yeah, we just love it here in Asheville. We, we love our community of people and friends and we are trying to get married. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> a pandemic has pushed that back, but yeah, we, we still like it here and, you know, enjoy our time with, with each other and with our friends. And yeah, so it's a little bit about me. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so um Abby uh, and I met um, through uh, FootRx yep. um, a while back. Um, why don't you Why don't you take us through your your progression uh, and your running history, if you will? Uh, how did it all start, and where did you uh, Where did you get your roots? <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, first off, hated running. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> some people have that same sentiment of like hated running, and I loved it. Um, but yeah, I oh, I hated running. I associated it a lot with really annoying conditioning drills and soccer, <laughs> and uh, purposely picked the goalkeeping position because I didn't have to run as much. Um, so I started running though about 2015, so only about five years ago. Um, picked it up from my dad. My dad started running a little while beforehand. Um, and it was just cool to see, you know, his progression throughout it. Um, you know, in particular, just the new social group of people he had kind of picked up. Um, and yeah, like, like dad was like starting to run, you know, 25 K's, 50 K's. He did a 40 miler at one point. And I'm like, dang, I got to catch up. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, no, but I just, it was, you know, just seeing the positive effects that it had on him, you know, just in terms too of, you know, that mental health. Um, 
was really profound for me. And, you know, 2015, especially, was just not a great year for me. I just had a lot of things going on in life. Um, and so, yeah, I just decided I'm going to start running. So I downloaded the couch to 5k like, like app on my phone and like went to my apartment complex, like gym to run on the treadmills there, like do the workout <laughs> or I would go to like Beaver Lake and do it. I'm not even kidding. That's how I literally started running. Um, <laughs> but it just, you know, it was a way to kind of teach yourself how to like pace yourself and kind of build up, yeah. you know, that cardiovascular. Great. Yeah. So I started doing that and then, um, you know, definitely picked up trail running through dad. Um, he did a lot of that with his friends. He found a group of people to run with and um, found the uh, North Carolina Mountain Trail Runners through um, what was even before then. It was just a group run at Footer X uh, mm-hmm. meeting at Biltmore Park. And you'd have like the one group that would go run on the roads and the one group that would kind of run on the trails. <laughs> Um, yep. and I remember going to one of those and being like, this is kind of cool, you know, having a group of people to run with. Um, but it was, it was also my first group run where I was like dead last. <laughs> like everybody just like took off. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, the person like, he's going back, like, Are you okay back there? I'm like, yeah, you know, just not as fast as he is. <laughs> like, I think it was like Anne and Clint and Morgan and like Clay, you know, I was like, dang. Uh, but, but it was really cool to have just like people to be with and run with. Um, and it just kind of built up from there, especially once the trail club club got, um, created, you know, having the Monday night runs was definitely a way that just kind of totally branched or where I branched out, you know, into other areas I would go run other distances. I would attempt just people in general to run with. That's kind of what, you know, sparked that kind of trail journey for me really so yeah. very cool yeah what was your first trail race frosty foot oh, the <laughs> 8k yeah it was 2016 yes i signed up for the 8k wore the worst shoes because <laughs> it had just rained i had like some sockety like zealots on and i was like all right let's do this and it was awful <laughs> i just slipped everywhere and i remember i remember morgan elliott being like you should just do the 30k and i'm like i've never done 10 miles you know <laughs> like, you should just do the 30k and i'm like i don't have any gear like i have a goo that i'm gonna take it mile two <laughs> you know? i was just like oh, okay no oh. i did i did the 8k and uh it was super fun i just liked that whole environment that was my first kind of trail race environment and um mm-hmm. i remember even just spending like the whole day there just watching people come through like in being just being in total awe of people doing the 30k and 50ks so i'm like dang like these people are out here for eight hours or so you know and it's cold right. <laughs> So, um, it was just super fun, like hanging out with people and, you know, just kind of witnessing that, not realizing that, Oh, I'm going to get roped into this. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was my first time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, you know, listeners, a little background, um, Solly frosty foot was a race that I took over, um, about 11 years ago. Um, it's out at the Solly Recreation Area, which is um, west of Asheville, uh, near Bryson City. And um, it goes around Fontana Lake, uh, which is a beautiful setting for a race. 
Um, it's in January. So as, as Abby was saying, it, it can be very cold, rainy, miserable, or we could have 70 degree weather. <laughs> um, yeah. we never know here in North Carolina. Um, but, um, we had an AK, a 30 K and a 50 K. Uh, now Will Jurgensen has taken that over, um, as I've kind of, you know, turned over my race directing, um, hat, but, um, Sally is a special place. And I think it's a wonderful, you know, first timer course, uh, for whatever distance, if you're choosing a new distance, whether it be just to try a trail race, uh, or, um, or move up in distance like a 30 K, uh, or, you know, even step into the world of ultra and try the 50 K it's just a, you know, a very beginner friendly course. So, um, you know, I encourage you to check that one out. I believe it's already sold out because of the limited numbers, um, you know, for 2021, um, will had to, you know, decrease the numbers, but, but cool. Um, so, um, you, you obviously did progress in distance, uh, starting with the AK. <laughs> so where did you, uh, how, where did you, I'm sorry, how did you progress, uh, in distance after that? <laughs> Not well, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like, I just like jumped into, I mean, here's the thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I've just found this new sport that I love and a whole group of people that are super fun to be around. And I literally just did whatever people did. Um, so yeah, I did frosty foot in January and then in March I did what, what, what used to be Fontan Dango. I did that race that you put on that it was a 10 miler. So that was my longest yeah. race I had done then. Um, and then in May, <laughs> in May I did, um, the cradle to grave 30 K, um, learned some hard lessons from that okay. did not bring like near enough nutrition and a whore hydration and suffered like awful calf cramps going up yellow calf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then in June I got, I got roped into doing art lobe uh, with some friends. Oh my goodness. If, for those who aren't familiar with art lobe, it's about 31, 32 miles. So yeah, I just was like, with, yeah, some significant. And we were self-support too. So I had all my gear okay. on me and we were filtering water too. So that was also like, all right, like I have all this gear on me. And <laughs> like, let me just add, you know, that much weight to my pack, you know, while traversing yeah. this this route. Um yeah, I just went like full, you know, gangbusters. Just, Pretty much. Yeah. I just wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> and it, you know, it definitely caught up with me like later that year. Um, which is why I'm like such an advocate for like, you should gradually work into these like distances, you know, like listen to your body, you know, it's fun to do things that everyone else is doing. Um, but your body might not think so. <laughs> yeah. And what way catch up with you later in the year? Well, in September that year, I suffered a pelvic stress fracture and I, it occurred on a run. I had like had part of a trail kind of give way and my foot just like slipped awkwardly back from it. And I just felt this like sharp pain, like right in my backside. And I was like, woo. Um, and like the next few days, I couldn't pick up my leg. Like putting on shorts was a huge task for me. Um, and I, yeah, I took some time off. And I tried to do like a small run in Carrier Park, which is super flat and just within like a quarter mile. I was like, oh my gosh, this pain is excruciating. Um, and then, yeah, I eventually got an MRI and they had confirmed that I had a stress, stress fracture there. Um, 
but it was due in part, like, you know, some people don't know this about me, but I totally, I, um, you know, about that time and in years before I'd suffered from an eating disorder too. So I had, you know, really like had this whole like cycle of that intermixed with my running that I had no idea that my like bone density was being affected. My iron levels were plummeting from it. Um, my vitamin D levels were affected, but like that also contributed into my stress fracture. Cause my physician was like, so you didn't fall. And I'm like, no, I just like slipped weird off on a trail. And he's like, Hmm, that's super unusual for to see in somebody who's in their mid twenties, you know? Right. So you know, I had a lot of work with that and also just kind of like, hmm, like I need some help in terms of that as well. Um, you know, and having a sports dietitian in addition to that has been monumental for my running um, in just, you know, everyday life in general. Um, but yeah, that definitely was also kind of a thing that I had to kind of face, you know, early on in my my running was just, you know, you need to take care of yourself <laughs> yeah. Yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So. Was was the eating disorder something that you recognized or that somebody else recognized? I had kind of recognized it. It was more so my physician had kind of had some red flags from it. Um, like for me, you know, I had struggled a lot with body dysmorphia, especially in terms of athletic performance. Like in soccer, like I definitely was probably 20, 30 pounds heavier in my high school years. And for me, like slowest kid getting down the field – and so, you know, yeah, I would get remarks from my coach about like, you need to start dropping some weight to like get faster on the field, you know? Okay. Um, so I had had that tied into my athletic performance for years. And then when I started like naturally running, like I would just naturally started losing weight because I was picking up such a high cardiovascular activity. Well, that was really triggering in my aspect because I'm like, whoa, I'm losing all this weight. Like I need to do calorie in, calorie out, you know? Like, here's an example. Some people don't know this. So I did, you know, I did Art Lobe. We spent 12 to 13 hours out that day because we're having the self-support. I came home and I had some avocado toast for my dinner because I didn't want to like, I wanted to maintain my weight loss from it, which is crazy. Nowadays, I finished an ultra and I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so different. But yeah, I didn't quite realize it until, you know, he had set me up with, um, a dietitian who specializes in eating disorders. And she was kind of going over everything, like, especially she had me list things I was eating every day. And she's like, you don't eat enough. Like you need to eat two to three times more than what you put in pretty much. Um, and just going through a lot of therapy around that has totally been a game changer for me. You know, it's running the sport itself. You know, there's a lot that revolves around food, you know, we need to be on this special diet to perform this way. We need to modify our diets in some sort of way. Um, and for for me, like I've been able to kind of just see it, acknowledge it, and just be like, yeah, like I've already been down that track. It didn't end up well for me. It ended up being six months of no running because of a pelvic stress fracture. So I don't really want to do it again. <laughs> um, and honestly, like my eating has been great. And because of it, like my recoveries have been awesome from it. Like I recover better. I feel like I run better. I just feel like I feel better overall in general from it. So good. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, so, um, this is all through, you said a sports dietitian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I hope that if somebody even feels they 
have questions or tendencies towards something of a disorder that, you know, they could seek that kind of help. Um, or just, you know, have a, a physician that was um, as good as yours to kind of say, you know, there are some red flags, maybe you should seek that help. Um, but yeah, thank you for definitely. Absolutely. Sure. Um, the, um, I mean, you've had, <laughs> you've had a roller coaster uh, <laughs> of, uh, of a running career. Um, you know, we, um, we'd be remiss not to, uh, to talk about hot rod. <laughs> um, yeah. the, uh, so, um, Abby's, Abby's nickname is, is hot rod. And I'll let her explain the story as to why that's so. Yeah. So, uh, so the hot rod is the nickname for the metal rod that's, uh, in my tibia. <laughs> How I got that was, uh, it was about three years ago. Uh, so yes, a September injury again, um, <laughs> September of 2017, I think it was, or 2018. Uh, I was helping a friend attempt a run called Pitchell. So it's underground run. You run from Mount Pisgah to Mount Mitchell and it's about 66, 67 miles, uh, give or take. And, uh, you start at the summit of Pisgah and um, you it's like a mile hike up. It's super technical, really rocky. Um, and we had just taken a Facebook live video at the top of Pisgah um, and we had just started descending down and uh, like a quarter mile just off the summit, I had slipped like on a wet kind of leafy, you know, rock outcropping and just like just saw my leg torqued around I was like oh god <laughs> I just snapped my leg um so yeah I I pre I broke my leg and my ankle up on Mount Pisgah and I just like my buddies were like can we help carry you down I'm like no way like no way I literally just obliterated my leg it's we're not even we're like a three quarters of a mile way down and it's super technical it's getting dark there's no way you guys can carry me um and now we had to call, luckily we had self-service. So, you know, we called search and rescue and, uh, I called my fiance, Joe, um, so, he was expecting me to call about pizza that I was picking up that night. <laughs> like, I don't have pizza. I have a broken leg. <laughs> I'm like, you need to get to Pisgah. Uh, <laughs> but anywho, so, uh, yeah, I waited on that mountain for like three, three and a half hours. So. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was it was dark, and you're just waiting there. You're getting carried down in a Stokes basket by like eight people, and just like I, the pain, like of it, I kind of remember. And it's it's interesting. I have like my brain has kind of blocked it out almost. Like certain moments, I have no recollection just because it was so traumatic. I mean, I was literally like in and out of you know waves of pain from it. Um, but yeah, I got shuttled off to the hospital and uh, yeah, they had said I had a spiral displaced tibial fracture. So I didn't break the skin. Um, it was close apparently. Um, and then I had also, I'd fractured my ankle too. Um, so I had to get surgery. So I got uh, a rod in my tibia and then I had screws. I had one going through my ankle and then I had placement screws around the rod just to secure it. Um, but yeah, they told me you can't walk on it for... 12 weeks. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. 
Um, so, you know, I'm like, great. And it's my driving foot, so I can't drive. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely a period in the hospital where I'm like, oh my God, like I just recovered from a pelvic stress fracture the year before. And now I've just like snapped my leg in half. Um, so yeah. Um, it was just, it was one of those, it was such a weird time. I mean, I definitely, it's interesting. I kind of accepted where I was at more than my pelvic stress fracture because my, my pelvic fracture, I could still walk around and stuff like that. With this, I was like, I'm literally couch bound. Like I have a walker. I have to be in a wheelchair. I have to rely on people to drive me to places to help me upstairs, to help me get dressed. I had to use, you know, a, what was it like a shower stool? Like I couldn't even shower myself. You know, it's just like you're temporarily handicapped and you're just like, okay, like what a huge shift in just life happening, happening in that moment. Um, not only for me, but even for my partner, you know, he was in finishing up grad school at the time and he's having to be like my part-time caregiver at the same time. And, um, you know, I'm just like, yeah, days where I was in the house by myself cause he's having to go to school, go to work and then do internship stuff. And he wouldn't be home until late at night. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't been able to go upstairs today. Like I've just been downstairs and outside of my front porch. That's all I've had today. Um, but I tell you what, PT, <laughs> PT was a huge game changer for me, man. I would go to PT two or three times a week and it was awesome. Um, shout out to Christine Walkerwitz. Uh, <laughs> it was like, I was so motivated. I told her, I was like, I know what happens when people break their ankles and what happens when they don't do their PT. Um, and I promise you, I'm going to be doing my PT exercises every single day because I want my mobility to come back pretty much. Um, but it's crazy. Like you have some exercises like, oh, I'll never forget this one where you have to practice like kind of scrunching your toes up. And uh, she like laid out these marbles and pink foam cubes. And oh my gosh, remember my foot? Like I was like, it's like the scene in Kill Bill where you're like, wiggle your big toe, you know? Like my foot was just flopping around on marbles. I couldn't even pick anything up. I was just like, oh my God, like how far have I like fallen back in terms of just like movement? Um, but I tell you what, like getting off my crutches and getting out of my boot was just like such a win for me. I was so happy to wear like two shoes, you know, like hobbling around on it. It was such a cool, I was like, I don't even care if I'm not running. I'm just like happy to be on two feet, you know? So, but, (laughs) oh my gosh. We we did get you back to running. Um, And I mean, even, uh, you know, we got you, that was a, that took us through to like almost spring of last year. Right. That was, uh, wasn't it that that's uh, when you got up and going again. Yeah. Cause I had surgery, uh, the following December to get a lot of that hardware out. I didn't, they didn't take the rod out. They took all the yep. screws out cause they were like really pinching. Oh, they would be so painful on runs, like runs longer than an hour. I was like, I can't tolerate this. Um, yeah, they took some of the screws out. And that felt so much better. Um, but yeah, I think it was about the spring of last year. Yeah, where I was like, okay, like I want to, I want to do a 50k goal like race. I had never done a 50k race. Um, like I had right. done the distance once or twice, but I was like, I can't get into this dang race. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's when we we had decided on doing um, Cloudland Canyon 50k last December. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we built up the cloud. 
Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that you you made it through. You got your your fifty k. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was fun. But then, <laughs> uh, then you decided you wanted to even go further. Um, so um, you finished the fifty k, and and did you feel like you had more in you? Is that what you know was was that, or was it the fact that there's there's further distances out there that you're like, I wonder what that would feel like. You know, what were you, what was the thoughts going through your head? It's kind of a mix of both. Like I was on, on such a high, I was like, I had such a breakthrough with my running finally. Like I finally felt like I was kind of putting a lot of that, you know, trauma kind of in the past. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it was, I wanted to do something like, it'd be cool to kind of play around the 50 miler, you know, like something like that um, would be kind of interesting to train for just because to me, once you go past the 50K distance, I feel like it's a whole nother realm of just just time on your feet, really. Like it could be running, whatever. It's just like time on your feet. Um, so that was definitely something I wanted to kind of explore. Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, let me kind of, let's look for some 50 milers for 2020. So, yeah. Not knowing that like, talk- every- yeah, right. That <laughs> COVID would be here, but uh, right. we, we had, talked about, I think it was, um, Iron Mountain, right. In Virginia. Wasn't that one of the, yeah, there's um, Iron Mountain. Um, it was one of Horton's races you're thinking I could do. Oh, Mount Mascus. Yep. Yeah, Mount Mascus. Um, yep. Was Lookout 51? Yep. Might have been. Yeah, Lookout 51. Yeah. So, and that one's actually going to happen. But, um, oh, yeah, but we right. decided you know, with with, uh, with everything that uh, we would just do some um, some kind of our own homemade events, um, mm-hmm. which yeah, we, we got you got a lot done, even <laughs> even with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, let's talk about this year, um, you know, because, you know, people are obviously like, I mean, you know, you had six months when you first start, you know, first started really from 8K to 50K. <laughs> um, but now we've, kind of, we've gotten into some where we, we, um, we got you into, you know, training. We were, you know, prepping you. You got through a 50K nice and healthy. Um, and then, you know, we took some rest, came back this year with the plan of, you know, potentially doing 50 miles. Um, but we had a conversation, um, and the result of that conversation, I had talked to you into probably just doing a hundred K. Yeah. But we, we had a plan to build you up. So, uh, that was all going to be this fall. So, um, this fall, you want to talk about, you know, what, what you went through and what you did? Totally. Yeah. So. Let me just preface. So yeah, Aaron had set up these like um, just some events for some of the athletes in our groups, you know, sub ultra weekends, ultra weekends. It was a way like he would build a route and um, it was great because that way the route's already there. You know, he has different aid station points where your crew can meet you and you can do it whenever you wanted. Um, so yeah, I looked at the routes because for the ultra routes, he'd had like 50K, 100K, and 100 miler to start. And I had commented on the Facebook page, I'm like, oh, there's no 50 mile option. And uh, Aaron's like, well, what's a couple more miles with friends? You know, like just, you know, like hint, hint, just do the 100K. <laughs> um, so what, where were we? We were sitting in like Maryland out camping or something. And I was like, all right, whatever. So. Joe's like, really? Uh, but so, yeah, I was like, all right, I'll just do it. I'll just double my distance. Um, so, yeah, we had the, the, the goal to go in for the 100K. Um, and for the fall training, we um, 
I did a 50K one weekend. It was in September. It was a route that Aaron had built in Pisgah. <clears throat> um, and it was really fun. I had a great day out there. The weather was, was awesome. Um, Aaron, I know you paced me for a couple miles. I forgot your pumpkin muffins like a fool. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was that the whole goal. <laughs> I made it up. I brought him pumpkin. Aaron, for those of you who don't know, Aaron loves pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. So he loves them. He'll eat them like any time of the year. Um, but uh, so that race, I went in with the mindset of okay, like we're not going all out today. We're not running for, you know, time or pace. We're running for like time on feet pretty much. Um, so it, the route itself had a lot of. On the back end, it had a lot of steep kind of technical downhill that just happened to be kind of wet at this thing. I think it had rained maybe a couple of days before. And there were leaves that had just fallen too. Um, so it's like terrain like that is really tough for me sometimes because of just the nature of my leg break. Um, I had a little torsion in my tibia. And also just I have a little PTSD from slipping. <laughs> so um, I'm a little slow going on stuff like that. So it did take me a little longer on the back end. Um, but I tell you what, like I recovered like a champ from that 50 K. I mean, the following week I was already doing like back to tempos, which was crazy. I mean, my, even like Cloudland Canyon 50 K, I was like kind of struggling for, you know, a week or so. But this, I was like, you know, within a day or two, I was like, yeah, I feel fine. Like nothing's really sore. Like I'm good to go. It's like, just start running again. Um, but I was really happy with that. That was kind of a, it was a good sign. I will say though, once I got back to the car, I mean, with any, you know, distance like that, you finish. And I was like, holy crap, I'm going to have to double this. Like, I just, I think I said that to Joe too. I'm like, oh my God, that's like, I have to do another loop of that. You know, <laughs> like, woof, that's going to be, if that took me like eight and a half, nine hours to do, like, this is going to be a really long day. This is going to be <laughs> such a long day in the woods come November. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had also, um, you had done, uh, kind of a people shut in, right. Wasn't that right <laughs> before the 50 K as well? So, um, you know, shut in, uh, I, I think that was like, wasn't that like, no, two it was or three? before it was two to three weeks, I think before the hundred K. Yeah. The order, but, um, but even so, I mean, you know, coming off the, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It was. Um, so yeah, you did the 50 K and then we still squeezed in a shut in prior to the hundred K. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, um, again, for those of you that don't know, shut in, uh, is local to us. It's, um, our mountains to sea trail that starts at the French broad river basically and runs up to Mount Pisgah. So it's about 5,000 feet of, of gain, um, over about 17 and a half miles. Um, so Abby, uh, we, we plugged that in, uh, she did it with, uh, with some of her teammates, um, uh, from our, our squad. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was really cool. Cause I mean, you know, um, we, we kind of have done, um, you know, more, more subtle, uh, even the 50 K I mean, it was a little bit more subtle so far as gain goes, you know, shut it yeah. pretty stout, you know, so that, that was really, um, a, a solid mountain run. So, um, I was stoked to see, you know, you, you get through that and be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, climbing for me, like not an issue. I like, I, it's funny before my leg break, I hated climbing, like descending was my deal. Um, I love like long descents, like quick descents, ten, like stuff like, but after that, like quickly switched. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't mind climbing. Like to me, I just put my head down. I don't look up. I just keep going. Um, 
So, but yeah, that was a good day. It was kind of warm that day. I will say it was kind of the bummer. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, if you do it from the bottom up, I mean, it was probably like 5,000 feet, almost climbing. Um, like the race is a little less cause they don't do that first little section of it and you get some significant climbing in that first bit. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's about a little, like just about 5,000 feet of climbing in it. Um, that felt good. I mean, it's funny, like, so the last part of shut-in, um, when you go up 151, it's just like this wall of <laughs> just trail, just rocky trail. I mean, you're just kind of like, you can't really run it. Um, but I just, like, kept thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm going to be at this point at, like, mile 43 or 44, you know? Like, I can't wait to climb this thing in the dark uh, for my 100K, you know? Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> but I felt pretty good, like, it's interesting. I, I didn't even think about the logistics, like just mentally, you know, a lot of that, about that distance a whole lot. Like I wasn't psyched out by it for some weird, I think it's because with COVID and everything going on, it was kind of a distraction for me because I wasn't really like nervous about it or like, I don't know. Um, it didn't really phase me as much, um, until I got to it really. Um, (laughs) it was like later on, I was like, Oh my God. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just wasn't like, like people were like, are you like freaked out about this? And I was like, no, I'm like really looking forward to this because I really want to like get away. It was like during the election too. I was just like, man, I just want to like be in the woods and just not like have to look at this stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was like the first time I really had that. Because even on my 50K last year, I was like, oh man, like gearing up for this. Like, what am I going to, I haven't been at that, you know, point, you know, in a while where I'm at mentally with it. And this i was just like yeah i'm ready to go training has done great absolutely um but um you know we um we uh we should be remiss if we didn't say uh you know what the the theme was behind uh uh behind this oh yeah Uh, (laughs) you want to talk a little bit about that (laughs) sure so again just to preface preface so Joe and I are supposed to get married this coming April, but we decided to postpone due to the pan- pandemic. Well, before all that, um, I decided like it would be kind of fun to like tie this, you know, race into my like pre bachelorette party, you know, something like that. Even like last year, I was like, I'm gonna run a 50 bar for my bachelorette party, and it's gonna be so great. One of my bachelorettes run, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Um, but it, yeah, so I was like, oh, let's just do it. Like, why not? Like, we need to have fun. People need to have fun things to look forward to. I need it. Joe needs it. Like, let's just do it. So pref- like, also, like none of my bridesmaids can come. They're all in different states. So I, I didn't like force them to come out and run like 50 miles with me. Uh, but yeah, I had, I had Joe there, obviously. And I also, just to make this even more fun, I decided to order some cool sashes off of Etsy. So everybody got to pick their own sash. Yep, Aaron's got his there. So Aaron was appropriately the bad influence sash <laughs> for, for suggesting that I like go this further distance. Uh, my dad, he, he ran with me for a couple miles and he was party animal. <laughs> he still has his sash too. I noticed last weekend. So uh, Joe was single tonight. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's the crew chief. He's not going to see me. Uh, yeah, and then I had uh, Greg Little and his girlfriend, Jamie. Uh, Jamie was, uh, oh, what was she again? She was, no, Greg was shot queen. 
I think, oh, being a hot mess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then my friend Christian, she was a uh, maid of dishonor. <laughs> See, and then Mark and Laura were uh, were selfie queens. So everybody had a fun little role, you know, within within the whole day itself. Yeah. And uh, everybody got had to take a shot of Fireball afterwards because uh, that's like my little inside joke with ultra running. I had my little hot rods, heat, Fireball. So, which also Aaron yeah. people just letting you know he took a huge swig <laughs> we were like oh my god yeah, <laughs> he was, run uh, back down to his car I was like red 20 with Abby and so didn't quite have a lot of calories in my system so <laughs> took a, a good swig of a uh, healthy swig of fireball oh my god yeah we were like we to run downhill on single track oh my goodness it was uh, <laughs> you know, yeah not suggested. Not I was suggested. Like, I was like okay, <laughs> it's like yeah. noon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good time. But, uh, I upheld my end of the bargain. <laughs> yep, yep, you did. But yeah, I just so I figured, the, you know, like let's have fun with it. Let's just make it a fun little bachelorette party. And I had my bride to be sash pinned on the back of my pack, so which nobody remarked on it, like any on any of the trails. <laughs> like nobody said anything. I was kind of bummed. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you know, the, the event moved on, you know, um, I, I did whatever 20 miles with you and then you kept going and I was getting reports, everything was going good. And then it started to get dark and then, you know, the, the plan kind of changed. So, um, you know, what was going on that the things changed? Yeah. So earlier in the week, I think it was like Tuesday, I was out for a shakeout run in my neighborhood and just totally rolled my ankle on a pothole. It had a bunch of leaves on it. I was like, Oh, great. And it was my it was my bad ankle um, from my accident. Um, and uh, I was like, great. <laughs> let, let me just let me see what I can do about this. Um, you know, I've been icing it and taking some time off. Uh, so was a bit nervous going into the run because of it. Cause I'm like, it's not even the technical trail I have to deal with. It's just the time on the feet I have to deal with. Um, and even, you know, the first 20 miles in, we had a bunch of creek crossings and I was, you know, towards the end of it, I was like, I'm kind of feeling my ankles kind of talking to me. So I put on a sleeve and I was running with my dad down, um, a forester called Southridge and it's kind of a gradual descent down. And at that time, like before I was like, oh, this is going to be such a good, like me time for me to, you know, make up some time on my feet, run with dad. And I was really struggling on parts of the downhill because of my ankle. Um, and uh, yeah, just, you know, more and more throughout the run, I was running less because of, you know, <clears throat> I was feeling that pain in my ankle more and more. And then I started feeling it in my other ankle because I was compensating off of it. Um, and so I was like, I think it's a tendon that's bugging me. Um, but yeah, I remember getting to the, I think it was Mills River Overlook. It's probably like mile 40. And uh, I was like, I need to sit. Like, I just need to sit and like, just see where I'm at. You know, I was like, my other ankle's killing me now. I can't run on it. I'm <clears throat> moving slower. Um, and I'm like, I've been on here for a while now. So uh, my friend Mark, he put like a little hand warmer heat pack in one of my socks to kind of help warm up my tendon. Um, and so, you know, took off and then went up 151 on it 
And like climbing wasn't too bad. It was mainly descending was just really bugging me on it. Um, even my poles just, it wasn't helping enough. Um, went up 151. I actually finished it quicker than they thought I would. Like I came into the Pisgah parking lot and they were like, whoa. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where I'm at, you know? But yeah, I'm like sitting in the Pisgah parking lot and I'm just like, oh my God, you know? Like I'm just so tired. Like I've been out here for 16, 17 hours. And I just, I, the whole time going up 151, I was dreading going down um, Buck Spring Gap because I knew how technical it can be. I also knew that there's those little creek crossings that when I went up it for my 50K, they were flowing. Even in the daylight, it was tricky to cross. And from earlier in the day, when we had done a bunch of our creek crossings, I was like, dang, we haven't had rain in a while. And, and this is like, this is a lot of water. Um, so I was really freaked out about going down Buck Spring, even though I would have somebody with me, there's no cell service in there. Um, and I was just like, I'm moving, I'm not even running anymore. There's just, it's just going to be another six hours, like, of just hiking pretty much. <laughs> um, and luckily, uh, Joe and my friend Laura had kind of caught on like ahead. They kind of, you know, they were getting the vibe that I was like, not in a great headspace. Um, and that my ankle was getting worse. So they were already kind of planning out possible ideas. Like one of them was for me to go to two, 276 and run down that to meet up with Yellow Gap to go to the finish. That would have added more distance, but it would have been like flat surface. Um, and then their other idea was for me to do from the Pisgah in parking lot, just to do an out and back on the parkway to hit 50. Cause I was at mile 44, 45 by then already. Um, and they're like, you can just do that. And you can just hit 50. Like, you're so close to 50 miles. Like, why not just hit that, you know? Uh, but yeah, I was sitting in the Pisgah parking lot. And I'm like, the Mount Pisgah. I'm just like, I just had to laugh. Too. I was like, oh, my God. Like, here I am in this stupid parking lot again. Like, I'm crying. I just feel absolutely just, like, spent. The last time I was feeling like this was when I broke my leg. And I'm sitting in the back of an ambulance. <laughs> Like this dang area for some reason, <laughs> and I think even Joe mentioned he's like, you can't just like be in this space anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like crying oh. over my like sushi and chips, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just so tired. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so I decided just to go for the 50 mile option, and uh, yeah, Laura and I we just like walked on the parkway and uh it was super foggy up there too i mean you couldn't see but like just a couple feet in front of you um but yeah we were just we were just clacking along with our with our poles and just chatting along and i'm like popping peanut m&ms in my mouth every so often <laughs> just to like stay awake and uh yeah oh fun so uh there's uh, my turnaround point to go back to pisgah in like joe's like oh wait hold up hold up and uh, he like goes over to my vest and like unzips it and he pulls out this like car like little card ID card. He's like, oh, you forgot something. And he at some point during my run had put his school ID in there with like it's his, a picture of him and on the back it says, "Love you so much. You're doing great." You know? <laughs> but he put it in a zip pocket that I never use. Oh, uh, I was like, why would you put it there? Uh, so yeah, I was like. Like it, it was probably like mile 47. I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> just like, I don't really care. <laughs> I just want to go back. <laughs> but, what a champ. I mean, 
my goodness, Joe is like still super chirpy at like 1 a.m. I mean, he's <laughs> like, you're doing great. But yeah, we got back to the Pisgah Inn and uh, I was like, I just want to walk with Joe. Like I haven't seen Joe at all today. Like I just literally want to walk with him for like this last like half mile that I have to do in this parking lot. So we just did laps in there and my watch dinged at 50 and I was like, thank God I can go sit. <laughs> I can go to bed. <laughs> that was, it wasn't even like, yay, did 50. It was just like, yay, we're done with this today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but well, oh uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't come out of it with any, any serious injury. Yeah, the, the angle seems to be, uh, yeah. Seems to be okay, right? Hello. That was Siri. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Siri decided to jump in there. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Just saying hello. Um, the ankle was was okay after that. Yeah, I had actually sprained a tendon in it. I had some bruising and swelling around it the next day. Um, so I'm glad I didn't go anymore on it. Um, it resolved fairly, you know, like within the week or so. Um, and it doesn't bug me anymore right now, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just like having that, you know, kind of come on was just, you know, added an another layer to it. And I'm like, well, I mean, what can you do? Um, so I was like, Meh, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, like, I was kind of upset, you know, it was my first like DNF technically. Uh, and, you know, after witnessing, you know, friends and other runners have to go through it, I totally get the frustration behind it. Like for a couple of days, I was just like, why in the world, like, would I do that to myself? And then I was also like, well, you also rolled your ankle by mistake, you know, what can you do about that? Right. Um, and just having to be like, dude, you just covered 50 miles, you know, yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> After after processing it, would you go after fifty again? Oh sure, absolutely. I think it'd be really fun, especially to do it in a race setting. Um, yep. It's interesting because um, you know I was thinking I was kind of comparing what the uh, setting was like, you know, with just friends as opposed to being in a race setting. And I can't tell which one I would enjoy more. Like the race setting is definitely nice because you're around other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's nice too, cause you, you know, with aid stations around, you just have so much, I mean, not that I, we didn't have enough food or anything, but it's just such a different environment. Mm -hmm. Um, interesting enough too, I, I kind of wish I'd had like maybe a small section of my 50 mile that I had just done by myself mm -hmm. and just like had my music in and just like had my own just time to myself. Um, because I'm definitely one of those runners that likes to have just, just time by myself to kind of like reflect on where I'm at, kind of how I'm feeling, sure. you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's even what happened to me at Cloudland Canyon last year at mile 18. I was like, cool. I'm kind of done running with people. I'm going to go off on my own. Um, and that was like my favorite part. So um, that is something that, you know, I kind of want to try out in a race setting is just, you know, kind of being back in that environment. I think it could be a little different, but I mean, there's definitely pluses to your own, your own adventure, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. So <laughs> no time pressure. So yeah, yeah absolutely. But, um, so any, uh, you know, any ambitions to go any further in that or just, you know, try the 50 mile again, see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to do a hundred K again. I think it's nice having a 50 mile under my belt. Um, especially with just that time, um, on my feet. I don't, yeah, totally. I totally want to do a hundred K at some point. Um, in terms of beyond that 100 miler, I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know if if the appeal of doing a 100 miler is quite there for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, I just, 
I see what goes into it. I see like, you know, after helping put on Hellbender too, especially like that's a 36 hour cutoff. I mean, I just, you see the state that people are in, you know, what goes into it. Um, And for some people that's, that's what they want. I totally get it. But for me right now, I'm like, (laughs) but yeah. So cool. The fun thing is that Joe thinks crewing is really fun. (laughs) He's a great crew member. I have to give it to him. I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he he hiked into, uh, to trace Ridge at that one point and, he had like a little uh, mobile aid station and they had yeah, man. and everything. I was like, wow. I mean, you know, here we are remote hiking and you know, he's, he's spot on. He's like, do you want some salted potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was awesome. I know. I it was a treat. <laughs> um, so if we can, uh, um, if we can switch the gears for a second, uh, really? you know, you've, uh, you've obviously you've been a, a recent new to the sport runner, but you've also helped a lot of new runners get into the sport and a lot of women as well. Um, so you know, let's, let's talk on that for, for a little bit here. Uh, coming into the sport yourself um, and seeing other people that, you know, want to come into the sport or have come into the sport. Um, what obstacles do you see um, as, as kind of uh, in the way of, you know, of, of possibly, uh, being a trail runner or getting into ultra running um, or just trail running in general? Yeah. So I think, you know, from my experience, especially like I have a little bit more experience with just um, especially with women getting into running or trail running in general. Um, I think a lot of women, gosh, I, one of the number one things I hear is I'm not fast enough. Like I'm a slow runner. Like I don't know that I could keep up with this group because I don't run super fast. Um, and I think that's such a, oh my gosh, I'm like, it does like people don't judge you for how fast you're running. Like it's a totally different area. I think even than road running, honestly. Um, I mean, I was super paranoid that people would judge me for, you know, the way I look, the way I run, nobody cares. People care if you're a good, you know, trail stewardess, if, if you're just genuinely nice to people. Um, if you have a good attitude about you, um, but yeah, I think people, big fear of falling, people tripping, you know, is another concern I hear a lot from folks, you know, especially if it's a, you know, a somewhat technical trail. Um, I think too, a lot of people get kind of wary of turning cause they're worried about getting lost. They don't know where they're going. Um, you know, I've led a lot of group runs where people are paranoid that they're going to get left behind. Um, and it's just reassuring, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, we're not going to get lost. Like, we're going to wait at checkpoints. You know, we're going to have, you know, two, we'll have a person in the front who's leading and then a person in the back to make sure, like, nobody gets left behind. Um, so when I was, you know, when I used to help lead the women's welcome to trail running group as part of the North Carolina Mountain Trail Runners, that was the whole purpose was to just kind of offer, you know, a safe space for women to come out and just be with other women, like to show them like, Hey, there were a whole diverse group of people. Like not everyone here is out to like crush a trail in terms of speed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that was really helpful for people to see and relate to other women around them who maybe were also kind of wary of, you know, the same things that they were. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a a sense too, it gave people a chance to like kind of create a buddy system. Like I found women who were, who were like, you know, oh, do you want to go run in sometime in the week? Oh, yeah, totally sure. You know, things like that. They were finding other people to run with, even outside of the group. 
um, which was awesome. I think a lot of women too, they don't want to go run because they fear for their safety. Um, and so that, you know, they're like, I don't want to go out by myself, you know, especially like right now it's cold and dark. Um, and so having, you know, that connection to, you know, put that out there to people, I think it was really helpful too, especially, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I'm the same way too. Like if I don't know where I'm going, I'm like, I don't, yeah, I get super paranoid by too, but you, you learn these resources over time. You get to meet people who will give you good, you know, tips and tricks for things like that. And you just, it's practice. Like you just, trail running takes so much practice. You don't build, like even, even Joe, like Joe even struggles with technical trail, but it's just cause he's used to running flat surfaces. Like it just takes time to build up you know, your ankles and tendons and just knowing how to, you know, kind of memorize the trail in front of you and just kind of going with the flow of it, really, you know, you don't have to run every uphill, like, like hiking is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of my experience within it. And obviously we live in an area where there's a wealth of, of trails. How did you best get to know those trails, um, so that you felt comfortable, you know, going out on your own and going for trail runs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say, like, when I joined the North Carolina Mountain Trail Runners, we, um, we had a group, we have a group run every Monday night. And that was my way to get to know Bent Creek, especially. I mean, if you're a first timer in Bent Creek, and you look at that map, it is so overwhelming to look at, especially because a lot of routes are made up by like, it could be like, four or five different trails. Right. Um, that was my way to get to know kind of the area um picked up the bent creek running book uh with all the the trails and loops and stuff um but honestly it was just the people i met in that group who would take me to different areas to go run was kind of how i learned just the different areas in general like we went to gosh this was like way back we went to like warren wilson to do a trail run there um we would do you know the black mountain like the vertical running crew like they would have group runs in montreal area so you got to learn a lot of that um, but yeah, it was just meeting up with friends to go out on runs, like the Art Loeb trail, for example, I've never set foot in any of that trail until that day. Um, and like getting a taste of that area. Um, uh, and honestly, just like doing my own research, um, just online, really I'm like, what's a cool trail? Or you look at different forums on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of see people, different routes that people are doing. Right. Um, that's kind of how I yeah. kind of, I mean, got to know the area a little bit better. Strava has a, you know, I mean, if you just follow other runners that, you know, do a lot of trail runs that, you know, are similar distance to what you're looking for, you can, you know, yeah. see mm-hmm. their routes, um, all trails, which is what we use for, for mapping your hundred mm-hmm. K. Um, yep. the, the routes that I created all, are all up on there. So people create routes and you can just, you know, watch them on your phone. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, there, you know, there's all sorts of resources and apps as well. So if you're using your phone, you know, you can use um, different programs like Gaia and All Trails that you know can can have you on the route and show you where your dot is and where you want to go. So, um, mm-hmm. using those resources. But as you said, you know, safety is uh, uh, I hear a lot is one of the you know one of the number one concerns for for runners. Um, you know, if we're talking um, in reality, what what dangers have you faced? Uh, well, I guess my biggest one was falling and like needing to get medical attention on a trail. I mean, we, like I said, we were like, we had cell service. I hear horror stories of people don't have cell service and they're stranded for days, you know? So one of the biggest things 
it's just letting people know where you're going. And yeah, if you can bring your cell phone, bring your cell phone. If you, um, you know, can't bring yourself like an in reach, there's the little GPS satellite um, phones as well. That's also another resource um, that you can take on if you know you're going to be out in really remote areas, especially. Um, yep. I, I totally bring like some small first aid supply kit stuff to with me, um, like a space blanket even. Um, cause we didn't have a space blanket that night and it got cold. Even the first responders didn't have one, which shocked me. <laughs> um, you know, just like little things like that, you know, being aware that, you know, you could encounter wildlife. I haven't encountered too much of that, to be honest. Like I haven't had too many issues with bears or snakes, knock on wood. Um, but I mean, yellow jackets I have, I've been, you know, going up a super steep, steep climb, hit a, like a, a nest and been stung four or five times. And I'm like, well, crap, I don't have Benadryl on me. Like, I hope I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then just in general, like, you know, awareness about wildlife, awareness of other people. I still, you know, not every hiker could be friendly, but you just have to kind of keep your eyes and ears out and just be attentive to it. Yep. Um, and also, yeah, just like sudden, sudden like weather changes too. You just gotta, you just never know. I mean, weather here in the area can be so fickle. It can be, like I said, Mount Pisgah, for example, when I did my 100K, it was like slightly raining and super foggy. We weren't expecting that at all. Um, but yeah, I've been on runs where um, it's been like really sunny and then you get to the higher elevations and it's snowing and you're like, okay, um, did, I plan, did I plan for that today? <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So you just, you always got to have, you know, some sort of a backup plan and some, just some sort of preparedness with you. Um, again, like having been through a situation where I've been, you know, on a trail stranded technically for a while, that's definitely been something where I'm like, okay, you know, I need to make sure that I can have some, something with me that can help, you know, me if I really need it or somebody with me, at, you know, in that case as well. So yeah. The, uh, the other thing I always recommend is just a small whistle. Um, yep, you know, whistle small whistle. Mm -hmm. yeah, they can serve so many purposes, you know, bringing attention to you. If you are hurt, you know, just keep blowing on it. Um, it can scare away wildlife, you know? Um, so I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of things, uh, you know, call attention to yourself if you feel in danger, you know, from another person. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a small whistle is always a, a great thing to have. And I, the space blanket is also, you know, a great, great item to carry. Uh, cause you can, those things are so packable. So. And if you don't have a space blanket, just get a trash bag. Like yep. you can use a trash bag for anything. So. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then, um, did you have any, um, reservations when you started trail running or did you feel pretty comfortable because you, you know, you joined the group? Um, I felt pretty good for the most part. Like I had been kind of hiking by myself for a while before I started trail running a little bit. So I was kind of already used to being by myself in the woods um, and kind of, you know, challenging myself. Um, but I mean, obviously like my first trail run, you know, kind of being the last person in the back of the pack. Yeah. That kind of sat in the back of my mind a little bit. Um, but I had met somebody in the group and she was super nice to me and we started just running together, honestly. Um, and so that was a nice, like kind of confidence boost for me. Like I had somebody to run with and just chat with really, um, like I, it was something I really looked forward to. It was like, Oh, cool. Like after work, I can go run with Mindy and we can kind of catch up and, you know, just enjoy the time out in the woods. Um, so, and yeah, I mean like our, our 
trail run groups, like they're, um, they're split up into four different groups. You have like an A group that goes, you know, they're pretty quick and they go a little longer and B groups kind of that moderate pace group and C and D are kind of that moderate to a little slower. And yeah, I started off and I, you know, I dropped back in paces just because I was like, "Eh, I'm not running as fast right now. I don't want to be in the faster group today. And I had like no shame in it. I know some people who sometimes like feel weird about it. And I honestly, am just like, whatever, you know, (laughs) like, you you don't have to run a certain way every time you go out with people, you should just run whatever you want to, you know? Um, so, and then I started, like, I just got roped into helping lead some of the groups. Um, so that just comes with a leadership role of like, okay, I'm about to lead a group of people through the woods tonight. You know, I hope I can keep everybody in place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but honestly, it was just like, I looked at it as just like a time to connect with people and connect with new, new folks, especially to the group or to the area, really. Like it was fun to have new people to the area. Cause you could just kind of show it off a little bit. Um, cause you know, people are like, I have no idea where I'm going. And you're like, yeah, here's a cool like loop you can do next time you come out here and go run. Um, I also but, hear, I hear from a lot of, um, women that you know it's it's difficult for them to make group runs just because of, of family obligations um mm-hmm. they, they typically say like you know they're they're more of a, a daytime runner when the kids are yeah. at school you know and they can potentially mm-hmm. get out and run um any any kind of um suggestions or tips for them that they could uh they could go by hmm you know, I do, it's interesting, like, especially, um, like, we have a, a group chapter in Asheville, um, some people may be familiar with Trail Sisters, um, and we, like, usually will have, a, like, a group form of, like, what people are running throughout the week, and I have found that a lot of women have been able to connect through that, who are, who are moms, who, like, running at, like, nine o'clock in the morning or so is, like, the perfect time for them, and they've been able to kind of connect through that. Um, I mean, I guess my best advice is, you know, if it's hard to find some sort of a running group, like go to your local running store. I, I mean, that's, that's how I found out about the trail club is I went to FootRx and, you know, they always have such good resources on, you know, local groups in the area, um, or, you know, connections, even like with other people in general, um, that might be a good way to kind of access, you know, stuff like that. Um, I mean, not everyone's on Facebook, so I understand, but there's always, you know, Facebook groups, you know, in regards to that, like just women running groups in general. Um, but yeah, I know, I mean, a ton of women that the same thing, like they're like, nope, evenings, like I've got my kids at home. I can't do that. Even weekends, they have family commitments. Like I used to have women who couldn't come to my trail run because they're like, I've got the kids this morning. I can't come. I'm like, that's cool. Like if you want to just run on your own, that's fine. Or we can move it. But sometimes I think we moved it to Sundays or so um, for some folks. Um, yeah. But cool, mm-hmm. great, awesome. Um, any other good resources you can think of um, that you know maybe uh, a beginner trail runner could go to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to kind of learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I think I honestly do think like the local running store is such a good resource. Um, just because, I mean, you can get lots of tips on, you know, gear and nutrition and just running routes and things like that, um, or local races or, you know, even like public like books, you know, things like that, that can be super helpful for beginners. Um, we see so much, you know, especially on like Instagram and whatnot, 
And it's a great resource. It to me, it's just like so unrealistic. Sometimes I just like I've, I've kind of phased away from following a lot of like pro ultra runners on Instagram, just because I just I'm like, it's not realistic for the everyday runner. Um, and it it's nice to look at their pictures are cool, like everything is neat. But it's just like not that's not everybody's everyday life, honestly. <laughs> like I can, there's plenty of trail runs I've been on. Where I'm like, that wasn't eventful. <laughs> like, like, I just ran through the Arboretum today. Like, that was, <laughs> that was super thrilling. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like, for me, that's just been like such a great resource, you know, in my past experience in terms of just meeting people and different connections through that. Um, I mean, there's also, you know, like publications like Trailrunner Magazine always has like tips and tricks on things. Even like Women's Running Magazine always has things in there too. Um, or blogs, you know, even like Trail Sisters, they have a, a wide variety of different, you know, topics for women um, on just about everything um, that they can take a look at as well. Awesome. So cool. Yeah. Um, and, and Strava, you know, once again, you can yeah. talk to, to folks on Strava and ask questions, you know, like, do you know somebody that um, you know, runs the trails that I could potentially follow or ask questions or something like that? So you can ask, you know, people through Strava. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great, you know, a, you know, social use of that platform. Um, yeah. So, you know, not everybody wants to go on Strava. I totally get that, you know, but again, it is a, a platform that can be used in, in multiple ways. So um, cool. Um, well, anything else we, uh, we missed? I'm trying to think. Hmm. I think we, just what am I going to do next year? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do next year? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's been tricky because I just like with a lot of races not happening next year and just kind of the situation we're in. I'm, I've also been just like, I don't know what I want to do next year. Maybe I'll do another like adventure run. I don't know. But yeah. Or maybe I'll decide to do a road 5k or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know one listener who would be excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> the road. <laughs> oh, great. Awesome, Abby. Thank you. Um, any, any which way that people can find you or reach out to you that you're comfortable with? Yeah, totally. Um, if people want to follow me on Instagram, it is a underscore is for underscore Abby. <laughs> um, you can also find me on Facebook too. It's under Abby Harris. Um, feel free to DM me or whatnot. I have, I still actually have people who send me messages because they're recovering from like a big injury and they they're always curious. <laughs> they're like, I need, I need some reassurance. Um, so I'm always happy to, to chat with people about just pretty much anything. Um, like, I mean, like it's, it's like, it's what helped me in the beginning of all this. I just like literally would ask people questions and there's no shame or harm in it. Um, I'm pretty open about, you know, anything really. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to reach out to me then I don't have any other, I don't have a Twitter or anything like that. So <laughs> well thank you for your your open and honest answers and and sharing your story i appreciate your time too totally thanks for uh having me on here always a pleasure to chat with you absolutely I'd like to thank once again Abby for for coming on here and, and um, you know lending her insight and uh, uh, sharing her story. Um, she, you know Abby has a a long um, 
a long story with, uh, you know, definitely some trials and tribulations. So, um, she's been through a lot and, uh, and still came out the other side and managed to, to do something pretty incredible this year. Um, so I'm glad I got to be a part of that. Um, so thank you, Abby. Uh, I hope, uh, everybody had a, a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, you know, real special time with, uh, with those that uh, are closest to you, I know you know we could couldn't do much. Uh, so you know, I, I'd really hope sincerely that you had uh, had some time with uh, with some special people. So um, all is good here on uh, the Saft frontier. Um, Mr. Keegan is uh, in his cross country season, so my son's in eighth grade and and finishing up his middle school cross country season. Um, and he uh he's he's doing really well his his middle school is, has a really strong team so it's been been fun we, they've had two meets um and uh we've got another one um will be right after this is uh released so um maybe we'll we'll have him on and kind of talk about his season and um some of the kids um you know I I wanted to have the family on for Thanksgiving special but uh <laughs> some extenuating circumstances arose just as uh as usually they do around the holidays so um <laughs> that didn't happen but everybody's fine thankfully and um yeah we're we're looking forward to uh to hopefully racing the pilot mountain goat um december 19th keegan's gonna run the three mile race and i hope to run the seven mile race if all is okay um obviously things with covid are getting a little bit hairy so um who knows <laughs> um but uh you know, um, we, we definitely want to be safe and don't want to cause any more problems. So we'll, we'll play it by ear. Um, yeah, so running has been going well, um, good recovery after, uh, after the Duncan Ridge, uh, 50 K for me. I hope you enjoyed that episode, um, uh, last week and, um, I got in 104 miles, uh, the week after, uh, Duncan Ridge, uh, had some, some great running. Um, of course you can see, my training, everything I've been doing on Strava. Um, it's been great to have people, uh, following and asking questions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here for that as a resource as well. Um, you know, to that extent, coaching is, uh, extremely busy right now. Um, I, I, my goodness, all of a sudden, um, I've had a, uh, a surge of, of people reaching out for coaching, uh, I guess as 2021 approaches, um, I kind of have to take a look and, and make sure I think, uh, might be reaching capacity. So if you're interested in coaching, um, please do reach out. If I have space, I, uh, I would certainly love to have the conversation with you. Um, Lord knows, um, you know, hopefully 2021, we can get back to some racing, uh, even if we have to have some, uh, some stipulations and, uh, re- you know, revisions because of, uh, of COVID at least, uh, at least we can do what we love to do. If not, hopefully we can just continue to run and, and train and enjoy our sport. But, um, yeah, so, um, reaching out to me, you can reach out running pains at gmail.com. Um, my website, mrrunningpains.com. Uh, my newsletter will be coming out soon again, uh, for December. So, uh, you can, uh, sign up for the newsletter on, uh, mrrunningpains.com. Um, again, you can follow me on Strava on there. I'm Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I've been posting on, uh, Facebook, uh, the MR Running Pains coaching page, as well as uh, Instagram, uh, which is MR Running Pains as well. 
So uh, give a follow. Um, uh, I've been asked to do a few new YouTube videos. Uh, obviously, with the holidays, uh, things have just been a little bit crazy. Uh, and the approaching uh, Christmas season for us with the kids, um, it's been a little bit busy. But I, I do hope to, to pump out some content on the YouTube channel, and that is uh, Aaron Saft uh, for the channel. Um, plenty on there. Um, but uh, once again, I want to thank everybody um, for listening, uh, being a part of this. Um, you know, if you have anything you'd like to hear on the podcast, please let me know. Um, I'll be recording, uh, an episode with, uh, a legend in, uh, in ultra running, um, not only locally, but, um, nationally, her name is Ann Riddle. Um, I've really looked up to Ann for a long time. She's done some amazing things in her career and I'm looking forward to our conversation. That podcast won't come out for, uh, another two weeks, uh, just because, um, of when we're recording next week, but, um, really look forward to that conversation and, and putting that, uh, that episode out. But if you have ideas or, or even want to just come on the podcast and talk about something, um, I welcome it. So please reach out. Um, I thank you all for the feedback too. Um, means a lot to hear from you guys, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, it's, you know, on a social media platform or, uh, an email or a review sincerely, I read them all and I do appreciate them. I take them to heart, um, take all considerations, recommendations, everything to heart. So I appreciate them. Thank you. Um, so until next time, my friends keep running. I uh, can't wait to, to see you guys on the trails and, uh, stay safe.